today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk, Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing and Vacuum Man, time to clean your ducks now, uh, is with us. I hope you had a good week, Adam. I had a great week, Bill. I had the fortunate opportunity last night. I heard Donna was on the show this morning and I I was actually at her campaign celebration last night as we waited in anticipation. So I'm running on fumes right now because it was a late <laughs> announcement and I'm, I wanted to stick it out and I'm so proud of her. And, and there was a moment of what's the what's the verdict it was like you know we were the last one to hear the answer so i'm i'm kind of like hanging in there so uh if if i sound sluggish bill we know why but let's be honest you know what is I, i've known you for 25 years and you've never sound sluggish so don't even go there uh and, and that's the you know i'm now that the votes have been counted and everything i mean we can i mean the, the, the these are friends of ours. I mean, whether you agree politically on everything or not, uh, you know, Jay Farr and Aunt and Donna and, and Andrea Horvath and all these people are people that have been around this community as we have. And, yeah. uh, and you know, there's going to be winners and losers. And I guess you know that going into the game. And and you know, because uh, you had talked about this on the program, uh, you, you've sniffed around the political arena more than once. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, it, I, I don't think it's it's something in the water here in Hamilton. I think that people just, you know, gravitate to that. So, anyway, good for you. Uh, I know Thank it was a late you. night. They had some uh, some irregularities in some of the voting stations, which is what kind of held up the, rem- uh, the returns there. But it's all said and done. The dust is settled. And we can move on and uh, and uh, and delete our Tim Hortons apps off our phone right now because I'm tired of them just sniffing around behind my back. Uh, <laughs> talk right. to us about this. This is a big story for Tim Hortons. Well, I wanted to get some clarity on this, Bill, and I heard yeah, a lot sure. of comments on on the radio, and, and many stories were being commented about Tim Hortons and the scrutiny of what privacy information you're getting when you're ordering your double double or you're getting your cruller. Now, I wanted to, you know, this is the part which we've talked about, but not in the depth of how it's now starting to come to life. And what I'm referring to is that our apps need to know information about us. And and as we've commented, like uh, privacy issues under Google and Amazon and Facebook and all that. But, you know, I was hearing this, Tim Hortons has this privacy issue. It never would have been discovered if it wasn't for the Globe and Mail, uh, uh, you know, journalist that caught it during an update. Well, and that's correct, Bill. That, That part is true. However, there's even a deeper element that yet has been uh, not been uh, applied. And I've mentioned this before in the show, but I'm going to give a little more depth to it. And that is the information that we give permissions to our phones on both Apple and Android. This is not isolated to either device operating system. They also embedded into the software itself is called an iBeacon or a Bluetooth beacon, Bill. Now, your Wi-Fi tracking permissions, they're almost vague. Like, for example, a cell tower can only go up to 18 meters. And I say that that's pretty close to proximity where you are. So Tim Hortons app, they're tracking. Did you go to a a Starbucks or was there a local coffee shop that was maybe beside that Starbucks? Uh, Tim Hortons had that information for sure. Um, But we may not be aware of the fact that the uh, the beacons that I'm referring to, which was developed by Apple in 2013 by Tim Cook under his leadership is a low frequency Bluetooth. Now we have Bluetooth on, it connects to our, our headsets. And mm-hmm. if you all remember, you can't even plug in your your uh, headphones anymore because you got to use a Bluetooth. Once your Bluetooth is on, you've given permissions to that app to allow it to collect information. So for example, Walmart, Target, um, Tim Hortons, 
under these third-party applications called Radar, which is the company that was collecting the data and using it for advertising purposes, they know so much detail about us using Bluetooth beacons, and that's not something that isn't being transparent. So my point to this story here, Bill, is that um, you know the government, when we do determine what is that you know, new privacy expectation we need to know. Um, we need to really think about the, the beacons. Beacons are, uh, and let me give you how detailed they are. Say you're standing in a grocery store. You're looking at the yogurt. You didn't pick up the yogurt. You just stood there and looked at it. And maybe you searched different yogurt options. Well, then you walk away. And the next week you walk by the yogurt, that beacon knows that you purchased the yogurt, you stood in front of the yogurt, they knew you were loving yogurt at some point in your life. That's how detailed it is. And that information has yet, in both US and Canada, to be determined how is that being transparent. It's built into the apps, Bill. This is the part which is interesting. Facebook comes preloaded on many devices, as does map programs. They're all built with a Bluetooth developer system in it. So that said, I share with everyone, this is something of a bigger magnitude we need to think about, something that needs to be considered, that this law, whatever the law that is, needs to uh, factor that into the equation. Uh, there's another, because I know you've preached this on the program time and time again, too. In our zeal uh, to download all this stuff, uh, we always just smack on, I agree. We don't read that ever, do we? And we don't know what we're agreeing Correct. to. We just want to get on with getting the app down there. Uh, and a lot of the stuff is in the small print. You, they just don't bother to do it. And then people are shocked and horrified that they're doing what? Well, you <laughs> gave them permission to. Uh, so, you know, do a little reading if you can read that small print anyway. Listen, last week on the program, you talked about Elon Musk and, and, and the, uh, the Starlink satellites. There's a follow-up to that, isn't there? Absolutely. Yes. One of the announcements that was made out of China, the Republic of China is that their scientists are developing ways to block the Starlink satellite system. 13,000 satellites are going to be orbiting the Earth. Uh, and, and, and it's pretty, pretty interesting when you see uh, there's actually a website that tells you how much space junk and satellites we have in the system. Anyway, the point is 13,000 satellites of Starlink of Elon Musk are rotating around the globe. And with that, the Chinese government have now actually announced, this is not even a, a statement of secrecy bill, they've actually stated they're going to destroy any satellite that floats over the Republic of China. Now, obviously, the whole uh, point of Starlink is to have internet anywhere around the world, or you know, to globally have access to uh, uh, internet in all different areas. But the main reason is that uh, Starlink has not complied with the Republic of China with giving access to their internet systems. And because it's in the sky, and the internet's quite uh, capable with the with the proper hardware on on the ground to be able to connect to the internet this is something of which they have now stated they are going to destroy any satellite that floats above uh, the Republic of China. Um, there's yet to be uh, any cause of what that means or how they're going to retaliate but this is a stepping stone or I believe the starting point bill that 
the Star Wars satellite challenge is about to erupt. This is not going away. This is going to become a concern, whether it's North Korea, China, Russia. It's going to become a deep concern over what systems are in space, um, particularly when it comes to Internet. And that is the number one area that most uh, communist countries have concern of is the propaganda. How is the information being shared? And if they can't control it, they need to destroy it. Weird stuff. And, and like you say, there's going to be a, another shoe drop here because you know somebody's going to try something. And as to whether or not the government's going to respond to it, uh, it could get pretty ugly. Uh, we've all started online shopping, whether we liked it or not. Uh, a lot of us were apprehensive about it. But, you know, the lockdown started and we figured, well, you know, we still have to buy things. Uh, and we've talked about Amazon, of course. And, you know, they've, they've had incredible success over the last couple of years because of that. Uh, one of the other stories, though, that, that is not making a, as much uh, press is, is Walmart. And I, I, people are yeah. so, always so dismissive of Walmart. They're doing very well, thank you very much. Well, they've got a new strategy, and I have to agree. This is uh, kind of ingenious, and trusting it rolls out the way that they're expected. Walmart made the announcement, um, and they're very aggressive right now with their e-commerce side build. And Walmart yeah. hasn't really uh, uh, adapted to taking their retail to online. Um, uh, you know, as an example to that, Best Buy has done a phenomenal job. Now, not to the degree of Amazon, but they've really integrated an ability to uh, migrate retail to online. But they're a technology company and their their customers were probably more inclined to leap into the digital world of e-commerce using Best Buy. But this was the first time overall that uh, uh, Amazon, which we knew is a, a very large e-commerce business, has managed in North America to beat Walmart in sales. And so Walmart is, you know, uh, never really felt the, the, the concern. They had 4,700 locations in the U.S. alone. Uh, being, you know, they had more or less a location to conveniently allow most populations to go pick up whatever supplies they needed at an inexpensive price. Well, they're now moving into a new direction, and that is to go against Amazon on a, on the same scale. Amazon's going to have a problem with not having any kind of retail locations at all. There won't be anything that's on the ground that they will be able to accommodate. And they're trying to now build retail outlet partnerships. Walmart has that already. People need an ability to pick up their package, quickly pick it up. Uh, and so the war of Walmart versus Amazon is what the Pepsi Coke wars were in the 80s, Bill. This is going to be, but it's a whole different dynamic, obviously. Nobody's doing any test tasting or any of that kind of stuff. But Amazon and Walmart are at war when it comes to e-commerce. And they have thrown the gauntlet down and Walmart is about to come out hard hitting with online uh, expectations. So my point to this comment is that Walmart is going to be that new option. If you just don't want to keep going to Amazon, you'll be able to now consider Walmart as an alternative for online purchasing. Yeah, exactly. And and they've still got the bricks and mortar going too. So it's, it's you know, the these guys are doing very well, thank you very much. Here's a name that I never thought we'd be talking again as in the way of a comeback. <laughs> Tamaguchi. Now, if, if if you had younger kids, I guess back in in the 1990s, you, you'd remember all about this. And now this is a revised version of it, but it, it seems to be making a comeback. Well, you know, I we talked about this on the show. What is the metaverse going? Where is the benefit of the metaverse? Where does it exist? How is it going to incorporate? Where do we really see the value of it? Well, as you as you commented, the Tamagotchi is a Japanese uh, version of where you would keep uh, back in those days a small little device of 
the 16-bit pixel uh, kitty cat or digital animal. I don't know how you mm -hmm. call it, but you were required to uh, feed it. You were required to clean it. Uh, and all of that. Well, they are now migrating it into the metaverse. And with that now is children, no matter their age, will be able to now, parents will be able to raise a digital child in the metaverse. Meaning that you can now pick your age, pick your style of child you want, and you can now grow with this child in the metaverse to create a digital environment to operate out of. So, uh, you know, this is the new version of where uh, the Japanese have come up with a metaverse environment that you can now. And this is the best part. As you grow with your child and it hits those teen years, you can pretty much say, OK, I'm done. I'm going back to uh, getting a four year old again. Um, no, no pain, no fuss, no muss. Uh, and. <laughs> And, and and you basically can go back without any concerns. And that's interesting dynamic how the Tamagotchi digital metaverse world has come to light. How many parents are listening to this right now saying, boy, I could have used that uh, back in the day. But anyway, we digress. Uh, Elon Musk is not just messing around with, uh, with satellites and rockets. He's got something new going on with Tesla, too. This is rolling out. If you have a Tesla, it's actually going to be one of those upgrades you can include. But there is a way that you can, if you go online to the website, you'll be able to upgrade and, and adapt to your uh, to your settings. This, by the way, Bill, I think is ingenious. And I don't understand why this hasn't existed before. In the last 10 years, we've got the ability that when it rains, our windshield wipers come on. I mean, I, mean yeah. I think that's really cool. You drive and all of a sudden it's spitting and the wipers come on. They just instantly start cleaning the windshield, right? Well, Tesla has upgraded and this is something, like I say, was amazing. The sunroof will now detect the rain and automatically close and your windows will automatically roll up and, uh, and close automatically the minute that it starts to feel uh, the sprinkles coming down. So this cool feature is brought to you by Tesla, but apparently it's going to be rolling out with an adapted ability with many other future models of vehicles in different formats, uh, whether it's Fords or GMs or otherwise. But I, I just, I can't believe it took this long for someone to say, hey, let's close the windows when it rains, not just turn the wipers on. Um, that is going to be a new feature that we can expect to see in the, well, it's available today if you have a Tesla. Very quickly, uh, the UK and speed limiters. Uh, interesting story on this one, too. Yes, Michelle and I were talking about that, actually. We were uh, driving and, and uh, we were discussing where's the world of cars going in the next uh, in the next 10 years and gasoline or electric as we're kind of even talking about what is the next vehicle. In the UK, and I can only imagine, Bill, they're going to bring this to Canada. And I'm sure many people, once they hear how the story works, is going to go, please don't. They're putting speed limiters on any new vehicle that is being built in the UK. The law has passed. The bill was approved. And now any vehicle in the UK, both combustion or electric, have a speed limit. Now, computers are smart enough to know what the uh, the kilometer or the, you know kilometer speed limit is. So when it you're driving down a side street, you're going through a school zone, and you're driving your vehicle, put the pedal to the metal means nothing anymore. It will actually limit it to the speed limit posted on that street. So no more concerns of exceeding the speed limit. You don't have to be like trying to play with the gas pedal at all. Um, and I can see this coming out. Now, it makes sense due to the fact that autonomous cars are going to have that ability to, you know, monitor speed limits in every different zones and otherwise. But um, this then raises a concern, which, again, my, my lovely wife said, well, what happens if you just got to pass that person that's even going less than the speed limit or you have to adjust it? Well, you just kick the gas uh, twice 
and it kicks it off. But the speed limit uh, elements are coming to probably, not officially, uh, vehicles in North America, but a fit, but they are in the UK. You will not be able to exceed the speed limit, at least uh, when you first take off. But these are, uh, these are going to be new installs, in other words, on new models. Correct. Yes. Yeah. This is all. This isn't retroing vehicles that have already been built to limit the speed. These are all uh, new vehicles being built. Uh, we'll have limiters on on the uh, on the vehicles themselves. However, just to be clear, not motorcycles. Motorcycles are not uh, being mandatory limited on speed limits yet in the UK. Really, that's an interesting twist. Uh, so anybody who's got an older model car, they can still go like a bat out of hell and then nothing's going to happen. It's going to be the newer models. So the, the, the takeaway here, guys, is the speed traps are still going to be out there, okay? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Don't think in like, okay, good. The, the police officers don't have to monitor my speed at anymore. Your, your 2007 freestyle Ford can, can be a, a, a speed demon. Just keep that in mind. Absolutely. Uh, this is Tech Talk. We do this every Friday, 1135 with Adam Oldfield. Uh, another great show. Thank you so much for this. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk again next Friday. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you soon. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.